I want to take two passages this morning. I'll tell you a little bit. Probably won't have time to get the one major thought across this morning. I want to talk about the God who operates outside the box. See, people want to put God in a box. This is what God is, and I can describe him. I can tell you what he's going to do. Well, when he tells you in his word what he's going to do, he's going to keep his word. But how's that going to look? How will it take shape? Well, two passages. The first is in Isaiah. I think many of us are familiar with this. Isaiah 55, <coughs> verses 8 and 9. If you think like God thinks, you're wrong. If I think, I think like God thinks, I'm wrong. Because the gap between the two, you know, if we say, that's as, that's as far apart as from here to Little Rock. Or that's as far as it is from here to Denver, Colorado. Or that's as far as it is from here to Peking, China. No, it's not that, because that is relatively something we could cover. The gap between the way God thinks and we do, and the ways of the Lord and our ways, is so great. This is how the Lord puts it in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. How high up is that? We didn't say from here to the moon or from here to the sun. But as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Just keep going up, 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 up. Go back to Psalm 92, please. Psalm 92, verse 5. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. You know what, folks? Sometimes our thoughts aren't too deep. Sometimes the most important decision it seems like we have to make. We're going to have a chicken or a fish. What kind of dressing do I want to put on myself? What do I want for dessert? Probably shouldn't talk about that stuff right before lunch. But the fact is that we a lot of times focus on the stuff down here. In the 50th Psalm, the Lord says in the 21st verse concerning we folks, Thou thinkest that I was altogether such a one as thyself. We think of God many times in the most silly most foolish ways. And we suppose, well, I like it. I figure God's going to like it. No, don't use God as a, don't use yourself as a standard to understand God. That's what the Greeks did. They said, this is man. This is the way he thinks, the way he is. And I think of the gods, Zeus and all of his cronies, they're like bigger, stronger, 
older versions of me. We're not to make gods after any image. Least of all, of course, ourselves. God is one with great works. God is one of deep thoughts. Years ago, the man who at the time was pastor of a Baptist church in Kansas City, Harold Lejour, he preached a message when he came to Memphis, the God of the usual. And that's one of those that's really stuck with me because God doesn't always do the usual thing. God surprises us. He operates outside the box, if you will. And I want to show you, first of all, many times what the Lord does will seem to us impractical. And this might get on your toes a little bit. I heard on good authority that that's okay for preachers to do. Because sometimes, if he gets on your toes, he gets on my toes too. Because I'm just as human as you. And so we need to know that. We think about, first of all, something in the New Testament. And be turning to Luke chapter 5, please. Now I've asked our deacons to help me out a little bit. You're still game to do that, right, gentlemen? Good, good. Alright. Go to Luke chapter 5. First, I want to read. And then I'm going to ask Brother Den and Brother Ken to read. And uh, I don't usually make much reference to any version other than the King James, but I want to show you another reason why I believe the King James is the best. If you want to speak in English, you're going to preach in English. King James. I've never had anybody have a problem if they had more than like a third grade education with the, <laughs> the vocabulary of the King James Version. But you'll get all kinds of eyes rolled in some places, especially when people have some discernment. We had a guy came to Eastside once a few years ago, and I didn't ask, and he didn't offer, and he got up, and he had some other version. And some of the men got to be like, what kind of Bible was he reading from me? So I don't make a point of, but I want to highlight something here. Let's read from Luke chapter 5 from our Bibles. And then there's a part of this I'm going to ask from two different versions, from Brother Dan and then two from Brother King. In Luke chapter 5, We'll start reading in verse 4. And of course, the he here is Jesus. Now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, we know him as Peter, okay? Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, thy word, I will let down the net. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and the net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, probably James and John. 
that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. That's a beautiful lesson for us. But some people, all they'll say is, you see, the Lord gave them a direction and they obeyed and guess what? They were surprised what the Lord had done. Wow! Ain't God good? Well, yes, God is good, whether you use proper English or not. But as Mr. Paul Harvey used to say, you need to know the rest of the story. If you read this carefully, <coughs> did they really obey? Well, you don't. That's okay. I'm glad you listen. I want a brother Kenny now non-King James version. I have a few in my office, and so I snuck them in. Uh, you look at your Bible at verses 5 and 6, and then, Brother Dan, please read one of those that you have. This is four Gospels. And when he was through speaking, he said to Simon, Go on out into the deep water and let down your nets and fish. Simon answered and said, Master, all through the night we wore ourselves out and got nothing. But on your word, I will let down our nets. Then Go ahead and read the next verse, too. <laughs> no, no, the, the next verse from, from that one that you had. You're just reading from. I may have marked the wrong thing for you there. And when they had did so, they netted a great haul of fish, and their nets were breaking. Thank you. Thank you. Now, would you read from the Second one, maybe. All right. Four and five. When Actually, five and six. I may have been, again, I might have moved there. Silly thing. <laughs> when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a halt. And five says, and Simon Peter answered, Master, we toiled all night exhaustively and caught nothing in our nets. But on the ground, of your word, I will lower the nets again. And six says, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and as their nets were at the point of breaking. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Brother Kenny, I hope I marked him right in your... Now, <clears throat> folks, what they have read from is kind of a fuzzy-wuzzy version. I don't recommend uh, what was one was Richmond Lattimore was the first yeah. one you read. And what was the other one? Was it Moffat? Amplified. Amplified, yeah. Well, I've got them in my library, but I don't recommend them. You know which one I recommend? You speak English, and this is just another reason why the King James. Would you please read the two that you found? Master Simon answered. We worked hard all night long and caught nothing, but if you say so, I will let down the nets. They let the nets down and caught such a large number of fish that the nets were about <coughs> to break. 
And that's what? Good news for modern man, so-called? Yeah. Obviously, I don't recommend that version for a lot of reasons. Uh, and then what's the other one I gave? Uh, the Weast? The New Testament, Kenneth Weast. Kenneth Weast, yeah. He used to teach Greek up at uh, Moody. So, 
Somebody said Peter was telling Jesus, look, we don't tell you how to preach. Don't you tell us how to fish. Because more than one time it tells us that the Lord went out with them and they would go out fishing. But did you notice what it says in verse 5? Simon answered. He had a response for the Lord. He didn't just look at him funny. Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. So far, so good. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. You know what he's saying? I'll throw you a bone. If some of you dads told your son to get up and cut the grass and they got out there, just made one back and forth. Okay, I cut the grass. Well, most of them. Well, I didn't say I cut the whole thing. I obeyed, though. Would you say, congratulations, son. You did just like I asked. I don't think so. Nevertheless, at thy word, because you told me to, even though I'm bone tired and sleepy, I humor you. Well, they only let down one net. Did the Lord have a bunch of fish for him to catch? Sure enough. Did Peter know that? Oh, hey, hey. We've been out all night. We're the pros. We know how to catch fish. We know where to go and what time and how and all of that. Hey, if you show up on the shore, Johnny come lately and say, go out there and put your nets down. Why should we bother dumping all our nets in the water? That's a lot of work. But <laughs> we'll let one down just to prove to you that we know our stuff. Well, don't ever try to tell the Lord you know better than he does. When they had this, had this done, they, that is the fishermen, enclosed a great multitude of fishes. So much so, their net broke! Now, if something is tested out, whatever, you know, if I get on a ladder and it says, uh, this ladder not recommended for someone over 200 pounds, I'm not going to climb on that ladder. So, oh, it'll be okay. Well, it's only rated for such and such. It's a good idea to know what the, the specs are. In this case, the Lord, I've got a pretty good idea that had the Lord been obeyed, if they said, Lord, we are tired, but we're going to do exactly what you said. But from the two versions from which I asked you to read, and the two versions from which I asked you to read, you'd think that they obeyed. But they really didn't. And how many times are we guilty of that? The Lord tells us to do something. We throw in the bone. I've been guilty of that. And probably I'm not alone. Fact is, <coughs> if all the truth were told, we've all been guilty and we may still be guilty of such. The scriptures tell us that we are to delight in the Lord. 
With my whole heart have I sought thee, said the psalmist in the 119th. Let me not wander from my commandments. Whole heart, not half a heart. What is most important? Wasn't it Sister Fran recently in one of her beepity beeps? She said, we act sometimes like church is just a, a little something we add on at the end. What do you think we're going to be doing in heaven? I don't think we're going to have a knitting circle in heaven. I don't think we'll be playing baseball in heaven. I think there are a lot of things that we do in this world, and many of them are good things to do. Some of them are necessary things to do. We have jobs. We have tasks. We have things that keep us busy. But sometimes we get more like Martha. You could say Marcia. Martha than Mary. Because Martha saw Jesus coming. She said, I gotta sweep the floor. I gotta wash the dishes. I gotta do I got a bunch of stuff to do. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Now, Martha judged the motives of her sister. When Jesus said, judge not, he didn't mean don't judge the actions that you see, but don't judge their heart, their motives. You don't know why somebody does a thing. Maybe they do it for the best of motives. Maybe not. We don't know. We can't know. Only the Lord knows the heart. Sometimes somebody will say or do something good and somebody will say, well, they're just doing that. Maybe so, maybe not. But you don't know and I don't either. The same chapter that says judge not lest you be judged also says cast not your pearls before swine. How do you know the swine? You don't make a judgment. Paul tells the Corinthians, he that is spiritual judgeth all men. If I see somebody going down the highway 45 miles over the posted speed limit, and then here comes a black and white with that flashing blue light, pulls them over. He says, do you realize it? Well, who are you to judge? Well, I have this trusty, dusty uh, speed checker here. And I know, and people can see. Anybody with one eye and good sense will know better. So don't let somebody say, don't judge me. Don't judge me. If you're spiritual, you know what the right standard is. You know how you ought to live your life. Don't let people cop out with that. But is that convicting? It is to me. Because a lot of times, People hear nets and they throw out the net. No S on the end. You realize worship is an opportunity. Amen. Worship is not only an opportunity, some people see it as an obligation. I was telling Marcia, you know, this is tax time. Surprise. Yeah. A lot of fun. And a preacher I knew in California, Lou Shelton, he and his wife got audited. Does that sound like fun? No. She was audited. Well. 
seeing a crazy husband. And uh, actually, that's not true. <laughs> well, when Lou went in with his wife to be audited, the tax man was looking over his records. Well, uh, Mr. Shelton, according to this, you gave 10% to the church last year. Like he was shaming the guy. And he says, I give 14% in taxes, and that's just a folks. That should make us think. Oh, the Lord is number one with me. The Lord asks for the first fruits. It's not a question, well, I got so much money here. I'm going to buy this, because this I have to. Here's something I want, and here's something I need. And, and, and if there's anything left, I'll give the Lord everything that's left. Guess what? Usually ain't much left if that's your priority. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. If the Lord doesn't come first with you, is He really your Lord? Or is He just your fire insurance? You think? Let's go back to the Old Testament now. The book of Joshua. You know what the word, the name Joshua means, by the way? Deliverer. Moses got the ball started, humanly speaking, leading the Hebrews out of Egypt and toward the promised land. But it was Joshua who finished the job as God directed. And it came to a walled city named Jericho. I bet the boys and girls have heard of Jericho. How did the Hebrews conquer the city of Jericho? Did they blow it up with a bomb? Is that what happened? They didn't blow it up. Did they get some shovels and dig under so they could sneak in at night? Did they ask for a couple of B-52s to fly over? How did the Hebrews conquer the people of Jericho? Man would say, what? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. We really want to assemble a great army. We're going to take them up. They've got a walled city. They have the advantage. It's kind of hard to shoot arrows up to get somebody. I don't think they had catapults back then. And so you're on the ground, and they got people up along the wall. They can dump stuff on you. And those walls were thick, hard to deal with. Look at verses 1 through 5. Now Jericho was straightly shut up. That doesn't mean they were quiet. It means the gates were closed. They weren't saying, Welcome! Come on in and take anything you want. No. Because of the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. By the way, we know when Rahab talked to the spies, <laughs> 
She says, we heard about some things and, and we, we're, we're afraid of your God. You see, it's interesting. The Hebrews, many of them, they were just quaking in their sandals. The big, and, the, and the tent spies came back and said, the, the people are like giants. We're just like little grasshoppers. They have walled cities. And the Lord's people had the attitude, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. You think David, oh, no, no, I am so big. No. You read the passage in 1 Samuel, David ran toward Goliath. He didn't run away. He didn't hide. He didn't drop his Lord, take this away. I'm trusting you. No. He knew the Lord would have him. He said, is there not a cause? He didn't have any weapons except his sling. And yet he went. And the Lord gave him the victory. Well, the Lord doesn't even tell the Hebrews to get their slingshots ready. See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Here's what you're going to do, folks. Ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war. You're going to shake your spears and point your arrow. No! And go round about the city once. Huh? That's what you're going to do. That doesn't make sense. That's not what I would. Guess what? The Lord didn't ask you or me. Right. We're not his counselor. If you start giving advice to God, that's above your pay grade. Did you know that? You are not in a position to give advice to God. And I'm not either. When God speaks, that's it. Like the guy had his kids in school there in Roseville. He had a bumper sticker. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I said, Brother Larry, uh, only one thing wrong with your bumper sticker. That middle statement is unnecessary. Because if God said it, that settles it. Whether you believe it or not. Whether I believe it or not. Next time we saw him, he taking his magic mark, blocked it. <laughs> And, and, and he was a free will Baptist preacher, so that's saying something there. Well, let's keep going. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. Hey, is that their secret weapon? Are they going to release something that's going to zap those folks in Jericho? Nope. And the seventh day, you should have passed the city seven times. And the police priests shall not blow them up, but shall blow with the trumpets. I've heard some trumpets sound, but they didn't have the power to knock down walls. Well, that's what the Lord told them to do. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30, it says it was by faith that they obeyed. Now, they might not in their hearts have thought it was the smartest thing, but they got the good sense to obey. And they did obey just like God said. Maybe thinking, oh, I guess we're going to have to get us a new leader after this because Joshua, he's been out of the sun too long. <laughs> Stupid. We should have walked around. We're going to be a laughing stock of those Gentiles, those people 
of Jericho. Friend and foe alike are going to laugh at them. <laughs> Those people walked around the vault and, and, and nothing happened. Well, if nothing had happened, they would be a laughing stock. And God's people, when they've really done what God said, many times have been a laughing stock. You ever heard of Daniel? You ever heard of Noah? When you have the courage to do what the Lord would tell you to do, there's some people, they're not glad. They might get sad. They might get mad. We just got through studying about the prophets. And the Lord said, you hypocritical Jews. But when the prophets arose up and said what my father had for you to hear, you said, we don't want to hear it. In fact, get away from us. They threw rocks at them. They killed them. And once they were good and dead, they built monuments. Oh, God sent us the prophets. Stephen in Acts chapter 7 said, He gave the word to you by the disposition of angels on a silver platter of gold. But you haven't kept it. You had it. You know, we, we talk about treasured things. We've got it safe and sound. What do you do with it? And you know, sometimes that's the way people are with their Bible. This is God's precious word. It is. I love it. You ought to. Read it every day. Well, uh, maybe not every day. And, you know, there was one time I, I read all the way through one of the books of the Bible. <coughs> Second John. Wow. I ought to get a blue star for that one. And by the way, if you're with us this afternoon, Lord willing, we're going to complete a book of the Bible. We'll talk about that later. Let's finish with Joshua and Jericho. Now, we saw the first few verses. Jump ahead with me, please. Because... As I told you in Hebrews 11.30, it was by faith that they obeyed. They did what God told them to do. Even though they might have felt there would be a laughing stock. By the way, speaking of walled city, there was a walled city that uh, had really been clobbered back when the Jews were conquered by the Babylonians. That city was Jerusalem. And when King Cyrus allowed the Jews to go back and rebuild their city, there were some of those locals that said, those feeble Jews, look at them. They're putting up a wall. Why, even if a little fox went running over the top, it come tumbling down. <laughs> There will always be those to mock. There will always be those to critique. Teddy Roosevelt said in the final analysis, it's not the critic. It's not the doomsayer that counts. It's the one who actually follows through. And that is so true in the Christian life. <coughs> to have the Lord say at the end of your life, well done, 
good and faithful servant. You might not have made the crowds happy. You might not have something that would impress the banker or the realtor. You might not be good time Charlie with folks. But what is the Lord's esteem for you? I'd much rather be an Abraham than a lot come the end of the life. But what did they see? Those who followed through. The first day, they got up and awesome, they orbited the city and went back to their camp. I'm wondering what the soldiers in Jericho were thinking. Who are all those people? They didn't act like they're trying to fight. <laughs> yeah, okay. Not so much for that. They come out the second day. Watch them. See what they're going to do. And they walk all the way around. Go back to their camp. What? What's going on here? And that happened the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, and the sixth day. I think by the time they got to the sixth and seventh day, they thought, those idiots, they're going to come out here. They're going to walk around again. And, uh, it's going to be it. Teapot, no. a tempest in a teapot, as they say sometimes. But on the seventh day, just like the Lord told them, you walk seven times around. So maybe they made that first pass just like before. What did I tell you? If there are any bets going, hey, I, I bet they know more than once. Well, they're going a second time. Hey, hey, look. They go a third time. And number four, and number five, and number six, and number seven. It's still workless. They're just wearing themselves out in the hot sun. Looking like a bunch of bozos out there. But here's the seventh day. Drop down to verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpets. I don't think they just... I think it was a blast. More ways than one. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout. Doesn't say anything about any arrows fired or explosions taking place or any special digging or anything like that. That the wall fell down flat. So the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. You know, it wasn't long ago we looked in the 35th Psalm where it spoke of the Lord who fights our battles for us. We think we're going to be rough and tough, and we're going to take on the enemy. Yes, it's true. All things are possible through Christ. But it's also true, Jesus himself said, without me ye can do nothing. The Lord fights the battles. We rejoice that the Lord strengthens our fingers to fight. The Lord is the one with the everlasting arms. The Lord is the one who goes out there. And when it came to Joshua, it probably seemed very impractical. 
to the Jews under Joshua. Walking around this thing. Don't even make a sound. No, uh, what kind of strategy is that? We have many Hebrews. Maybe they can storm the walls. Maybe they can fling something over the walls. Just walk around. First six days, just one time, and that's it. You really think this? Well, let, let's just let's just humor him. Be careful when you're humoring what the Lord would have you to do. And when you're reading God's word, don't ever think, oh, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. There are a lot of things that might not seem like they make sense. But God is the one who made you. God is the one who maintained you. And there was a TV series when I was a little kid. Father knows best. Sometimes human dads don't always know best. But <coughs> our Heavenly Father, He knows the way that is best. He knows the way that we take. I hope you can take that with you today. Let's have a song. Stand.